David Birchfield writes American folk music that swaggers wildly through raw emotion within a meticulously written and arranged package. Birchfield's literate lyrics meet emotive grace and nods to Jason Isbell, Mandolin Orange, and David Ramirez. There is a powerful candor in Birchfield's writing, raw, emotive, and rich, with details that bring the listener right into the scene of his passion. Solo, Birchfield performs with a surprising ferocity and emotional delivery that has silenced even the rowdiest of rooms. Critics have called his five-piece band, David Birchfield and the Fire Guild, akin to the band meets the Stray Birds, equal parts all-out rock and roll party and sensitively arranged balladry. Birchfield has played the middle of the map fest, Boulevardia, was featured in the Chevy Music Showcase, an American songwriter has said, this type of solid songcraft would make Birchfield fit right in on a bill with the likes of Lucinda Williams or Jason Isbell. Coming home, Kate, it gets you down where everybody knows your name. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where I challenge my guests to write a song in one week based on a random prompt, then sit down and talk about the process. Along the way, we talk about the broader craft of songwriting. I'm your host, David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce David Birchfield. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks for having me, David. Good to be here with you. Yeah, yeah. It's a we're we're doing this a little bit earlier than uh, than than I normally do. I'm, I'm I'm feeling the morning right now. I don't know about you. You had a show last night, so yeah. Now, I guess one thing I want to know uh, right off the bat is: uh, Do you write to prompts very often, or uh, how is that different from what you normally do for uh, uh, your writing process? I don't write to prompts very often, but I feel like I should because I think the the percentage of songs that come out of prompts that I like over, you know, songs that are, I don't know, more introspectively written or whatever, I, it, I like them a lot usually, <laughs> including this one. Um, I remember this like project I had in college and I had totally procrastinated. And so uh, it was a pretty like open-ended way of capping off the, the class. So I just wrote like five songs in a couple days and came in and played them. And of course everyone was like, Whoa, you know, cause it wasn't a music class or anything like that. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I still play a couple of those songs. So, oh wow! All right. Um, you know, it's yeah. I don't write from prompts often. Usually, what I do is um, a little bit more kind of like confessional songwriter. It's like uh, it starts as a journal entry and then moves on from there. Um, I used to be like very focused in and close to reality, and now it's more like reality is the starting point and um well that takes over well so you said it starts from a journal entry now is this a journal i mean do you just do you just do journaling for journaling sake to sort of you know like doing your own your own personal story or do you do it specifically to to work out musical ideas i don't actually well i think what i meant there is like i don't actually journal oh okay i, th- I think i would like to make that more of a practice but no, just that um, songwriting is is that like processing medium for me. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it it definitely sounds that way. I I, I was uh, when I was listening to your stuff, it sounds very slice of life. And why don't we why don't we take a listen to here? Uh, I've got you're okay. It's all right. Queued up to go here. Let's take a listen to that. Is there anything you want to say before we start the song? 
Sure. This song is really the story of me coming back to music. Um, I had made a couple records um, in my early 20s when I was living in Kansas City and was doing fine, but didn't have, I guess, the perspective of age or patience to keep going and see music as as a long journey. Um, And so I sort of thought I was done with that. I moved to Colorado, went to grad school, became a teacher, a classroom teacher, and um, just played with friends on weekends every once in a while, but not much. And then uh, was hit by a truck one night while I was uh, driving like a, you know, motorized scooter, um, like a Vespa type thing. And that led me to really reflect on what I was doing with my time, with my life, and um, led me to this song. This song was a way of processing that. So that's what comes up in verse one and and throughout. But really, verse two is about this um, baseball player who died in a boat accident the same night as my my accident. And I saw the coverage of that and saw his team playing their first game a couple days later without him and you know obviously very emotional for them and so i just felt some connection there so that's yeah that's what's happening in verse two all right this is you're okay it's all right by david birchfield it's off his album state to state You're okay. It's all right. 
That was You're Okay, It's All Right by David Birchfield off the album State to State. And wow, that that really hit. I mean, just from the just from the first two lines, that just really hits you hard. Um I, I I'm curious, um how soon after the accident were you able to write this song? Two I mean, two days later. This was Wow. I wasn't aware that this was my entry back into wanting to do music until after the song was done. It was just necessary to do something to process that experience right then. So that's when that happened. I was smiling as we were listening because um, I, I don't know how you've made your records. I'd be curious to know, but th- this one, I guess I've made all of them really in a, in the same space, you know, not remotely, everybody's all together for a few days somewhere. And um, the story with that female vocal at the end, just singing unison is um, Danica Cunningham. She was our fiddler in Denver for a couple of years before she moved back East uh, to be near her mom, who um, she sang that vocal, you know, this line of like reassurance, you're okay, it's all right, just on repeat. And then we hustled her to the airport. Uh, her mom was really sick at that time. Um, and this was like the last thing Danica did in the studio um, before she took off and spent the last few weeks of her mom's life with her. So it's just mm-hmm. a fond memory for me that we got to be there with her in that. And she got to share uh, her talents on the record. So you say most of the stuff that you're doing is very confessional and personal. And was there a time where that wasn't the case when you did music before that was, uh, were you not quite as, as focused on the confessional? No, I think, well, I think my progression has been away from that. Um, And there's songs on this, on this record that are less confessional or not my story at all. Um, But yeah, the further I go, the, less confessional I guess I become or just the more my perspective broadens I think this is common in life hopefully for folks it feels like a healthy progression for me at least away from feeling really focused on the feeling in the moment and and broadening perspective about just life in general and um and so I've found my way into writing more of other people's stories or social commentaries that sort of thing in the last few years i mean you know how records go these some of these songs are were a couple years old or or more by the time we even got into the studio and then it was another year before the record came out and so on so um yeah i'm excited to get the next the next two records done (laughs) less (laughs) less confessional things on those for sure well how does that how does that make you feel when you're recording something that's that's kind of an older song and you have newer songs that are kind of simmering under the surface. I think at that time, well, I, I was totally adjusted to that with, with this record. Um, my perspective on this record was like, go for broke, you know, really high um, fidelity production and all that. And so it was like, 
doesn't matter how old it is. We're going to do the best songs there are. Sure. And my, sure. my perspective now is a little, a little less. I, I just want to spend less on each record and than I did on that one and make more of them. And um, I think there's something special about recording and sharing songs closer to their inception. Sure. So yeah. maybe get a little bit more of that energy, that enthusiasm behind it. Yeah. Uh, did this just, since this was such a, you know, it was two days, two days after the accident. I mean, that's, I mean, it, did it just kind of roll out ready-made or how, how was the actual process of writing this song? Um, yeah, there wasn't a ton of revision in this. I think it was more or less done in the time it took to write it. And that's certainly not how most of my songs get written. Um, I guess I think of it as, I think a, a lot of my best songs, that is the case, you know, they're written in a half hour. I've become a little more open to revision over time, uh, which I think has made me a stronger writer, but I think more, I think of it more as like, I may write 10 songs and do a ton of revision on a ton of them. And then every once in a while I get into that flow and mm. something, uh, like this just falls out and it's i call it a gift you know yeah and did it did it pretty much come out just it was lyrics and melody and rhythm all of it was pretty fully formed at the same time or did you did you start by you know do you do you typically write the words first or how, how do you work that out it's uh it's all almost always all together um yeah this was guitar in hand sang the first line and followed it from there singing and writing all together at once. Um, I think I've written a little more lately of lyrics first, uh, but it's harder for me to feel like, I guess sometimes I think it, it ends up feeling a little too academic, so to speak, if it's lyrics first, at least for me. I, I don't think that's sure. true for everybody, but the stuff that I've come up with when I'm more like, on a plane and can't have a guitar in my hand. I'm just writing lyrics. I look back at that. I'm like, Oh, that was, I was trying really hard to sound smart there or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this is a really, this is a really fantastic song, but let's, let's take a look at the other song that you brought in here, which is ain't going to be easy. Is this also off of state to state? Yeah, this is on state to state and yeah, I know it ain't going to be easy interesting thing with this song a couple of things i guess one is that it's this chorus uh was in my head since high school and then or maybe before it's almost like 20 years later i found the rest of the song and i had like jammed just that chorus with this high school buddy of mine who i'm still in touch with and and then really these verses fell out kind of thinking about him um, and, and being, you know, that feeling of being back in your hometown, maybe at your parents' house and uh, the sense of like expectation that people might have of who you used to be or who they think you are. And so that can be comforting or confining. Um, I, yeah. So. That was yeah 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 I I I, I this this one hit home for me too because I I feel like that when I get in touch with some old old friends but uh, let, let's take a listen to it here this is I know it ain't gonna be easy by David Birchfield off of the album State to State. 
I Know It Ain't Gonna Be Easy by David Birchfield off the album State to State. And uh, I love that Southern soul vibe you got going there. That's 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 pretty sweet. So the lyric sheet you gave me here, uh, there's there's some stuff crossed out, and then there's a couple verses that just don't even uh, uh, show up in the, the recorded version. So I'm, I'm wondering, was this... Were these revisions made right before you recorded? I mean, do you do a... Is the live version different than the recorded version, or... What 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 are these revisions? Yeah, we now play this song more or less the way it's recorded. Um, I don't always have a drummer, so that changes things a bit. But 
yeah, mostly these this these changes were in the studio. I worked with a great producer um, and friend, Joshua James, who's based here in Utah, but he's had some national acclaim and done well on his own and, and now runs a great studio um, on his property. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've worked with a producer, but it's really great to have that extra set of eyes, especially if it's someone you really admire like him, it's, you know, with him, it was easy. I've heard of people working with producers that are, that have a strong hand, but it, you know, maybe the relationship's different, but in this case, I just trusted him completely. Um, and so <laughs> I brought this song to him and it was really sensitive, you know, um, I know ain't gonna be, you know, just so, like soft and he was uh -huh. like let's make this thing sexy <laughs> and so um we found this groove and it's like so much more fun the the sentiment doesn't go away it still feels true to itself but it's now you can dance to it <laughs> and um and with that was thinking about how to tighten it up so we just didn't feel like we needed these extra verses um i love them especially because it's like personal to me it's this particular friend and what we do when I go visit him but one of my like maxims in songwriting is you start with the truth and make it better <laughs> yeah I like that that's nice um and so you know it starts out your story maybe but then it becomes everyone's song hopefully yeah so this was a way I think to make a little more room for the listener do they feel like two different songs at this point what you had previously and what you have now from the album kind of yeah um but i i also i'm totally fine with that i don't play it the old way anymore and mm -hmm. part of that's because uh it felt it just kind of felt sappy and i feel like i've i t sort of tend that way uh -uh. <laughs> um and i don't i don't i don't dislike that part of myself but i don't always i'm kind of over like showing that to strangers and bars all the time sure yeah yeah <laughs> at this point you know i'd rather make people dance <laughs> well so has this uh now that you've done this kind of change to a song of yours i mean are you do you think you might try to write more specifically to get people dancing is that something that you're focusing on yeah i mean that's a crude way of putting it and that i you know the way that i put it but yeah i think it opened up new territory for me of thinking about just expand not that i've like let go of ballads uh <laughs> i still write plenty of those sure but um yeah it's like opened up this whole other side of upbeat fun you know just thinking about fun times like i have a friend who uh passed away in november mm. and um thanks but he you know he was a music buddy and so i wrote four really really sad songs and then i but like all of my memories with him are going to jams and staying up till 4 a.m and playing and i was like well that's a better tribute and it's way more fun so i wrote this like texas country like shuffle kind of like a blues just it's like memory after memory of like let's swing by the gas station. We're going to get some beer. We're going to the jam. We're going to have fun. We're going to stay up late. This guy's coming. He's bringing in songs that, you know, no one's heard before. We're going to learn. It's like just this party story uh -huh. basically. And that's, but it's, you know, underneath that is this, you know, 
um, the pain of losing this friend, which doesn't really show up in the song, but um, it's all part of the same story. It's all part of the same tribute. And so, uh, yeah, that's an example of like still writing the ballads, but I've, now I've got this whole other territory that I'm open to going into. Well, so for that for that song though, where you were doing the the kind of the upbeat shuffle type of thing, you don't you don't think the subtext is apparent in the song? It's definitely not in that one. No, okay. um, and that's fine with me. But you know, hopefully, that will land on the same record as at least one of those other uh, more uh, obvious uh, loss yeah, songs. Give that uh, the full the full range of emotion there. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a short break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, the prompt song that uh, that you wrote and that, that I wrote, and uh, yeah, so we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Raw Songwriting Podcast. I'm your host, David Coyle, and my guest today is David Birchfield. Uh, good to have you here, David. Thanks for sticking around. And, you know, as, as is the crux of the issue, uh, you know, I challenge my guests to write a song in one week based on a prompt. So I sent David about a week ago uh, several prompts to choose from. Let me read those off to you real quick. Uh, one thing I sent him was a random picture of a tire swing uh, with uh, a bunch of snow on it. It's uh, on a snowy day. There was a random word, physitheism which is the worship of nature and the assignment of gods to natural phenomenon or the attribution of physical form to gods and religious beings. There was a random fact. Cold showers have more health benefits than hot or warm showers. These include improving circulation, stimulating weight loss, and easing depression. And the fearless prompt pulled from Timmy Reardon's fearless songwriting site uh, was find out who you are. Find out who you are. So, David, which uh, which prompt did you choose, or or what was your process of choosing? Yeah, I ended up choosing physitheism. Did any of the other ones tempt you, or why did this one stand out to you? What's in? Well, you know, given what we've talked about with my history of mainly being a confessional songwriter, really, the find out who you are would be like much easier or harder. <laughs> yeah. um, m- more in my wheelhouse, but it's like maybe that takes a deeper dive more time and then and also with confessionalism i think there's like more tendency to be precious with the ideas or the writing and so it's harder to it can be harder at least to be quick (laughs) and so you know with a week i was like okay i gotta see what's sticking out to me here and that idea of physitheism you know i don't even know if i meant to write it I just, it was late. I was like, oh, geez, this is coming up next week. I better try. And so I just started there. I don't always write this way, but it sort of revealed itself along the way. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think that, I think it feels that way too. It feels like, so, but let's let's take a listen to it here. Uh, this song is Physitheism by David Birchfield. It's his challenge song this week.
That was Physitheism by David Birchfield, the prompt song for this week. And uh wow. Wow, that just uh that really that really hit a hit a feel. Um those are I, I really love the angle that you you got on just the image of this this god beneath the ice is is just amazing to me. And um I mean yeah, just the 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 amount of imagery with so few words is i mean it just evokes so much in my mind and uh i i just really like it i like the the change up in the rhythm in the in the chorus and uh this is this is really cool so 
I want I want to hear more about it, man. What uh, what was going through your head as you were writing it? <laughs> well, uh, I didn't know at first. I just I think okay. So the very first image. This is funny. This is going to really ruin it for everybody, but uh, <laughs> that, that's okay. This is this is what we're here for. This is the we right. want the dirty secrets behind. Well, the let's song. take it apart. That's right. Um, did you ever see that like made-for-TV miniseries Merlin like twenty years ago? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen things with Merlin. I don't know if it was uh, which one you're thinking of. Yeah, who knows? So it's who who gets the sword from the lake? Is that Arthur? Arthur, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the image, and this made for this is like uh, this series that I was thinking of was I was pretty young, I guess, when I saw it. But they they worked really hard to bring in the idea of the clash of paganism and the rise of Christianity. Okay. In this time period, and basically like Merlin being like one of the last true wizards and and seeing the decline of paganism of seeing of you know and in this case in the in the case of the show like the the pagan gods being really real uh-huh. and the, the the spirits that inhabit nature being really real and present and so that's the exact image i had in my head of was like this frozen lake and snowy hillsides and not necessarily the sword, but like that there's something, um, you know, a real God uh, existing in that space, which is exactly, you know, physitheism is, yeah, that word, physitheism, (laughs) (laughs) his name is like basically describing pagan belief. Um, So that's where that started. And I didn't, I didn't know what this course meant when it happened, but then I began to see by verse two, I mean, I'm just, I guess that's what this podcast is. I, I don't always want to just say, here's what it is, but I think that's what we're doing <laughs> we're, here. It's so. mostly songwriters that are listening to this. So it's, uh, you know, yeah. if you're worried about ruining it for the listener, uh, the, the, the general public, it's, uh, I don't think they're going to be the yeah. ones listening. It's going to be other people that want the nuts and bolts. So, yeah. 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 So when I get to the end of the chorus, it was like, almost like self doubt. Like I thought I saw something there didn't I? I swear I did, you know? And then by the time I got to verse two, I realized that this could be not only about sort of the end of pagan belief or the disappearance of pagan gods, but also kind of like the modern problem of poor environmental stewardship. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's, that's these sins, you know, like I, and really, the the eye is kind of a royal eye. It could be anybody. Sure. But certainly I have my own complicity in the, you know, in our poor care of our natural resources. Um, and so that's really what's happening towards the end of this is like, there may be some opportunity to still see the God in the lake and, and in the woods and see the like holiness of that and the value of it. But um, what have I done? I set fire to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's I, I that's fascinating. It, it's just powerful on its own. Um, and I, I probably you know I set fire to the wood is that's the the line that you know that really sets out as kind of the climax of it and kind of 
you know, I, I don't know that I necessarily would have thought, you know, environmental thing, but the, uh, the paganism, sort of the passing of paganism, I could see that really in there. And, but that, but that all just, there is a lot packed in there. And I think it's open, the interpretations, the different interpretations that people are going to have on their own will be fascinating. I'll be, I, I would be interested in being a, a, a fly on the wall when you're talking to people after you play this in a show or something and see what yeah. they have to say about it. Yeah, I'll definitely be more coy with the intro. Oh, of course, of course, absolutely. Just because I want to know. I mean, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it here, but it is for that reason. I'm always curious what people will take from something, especially here. in. well, I guess it's kind of a bridge. I, I actually wish I had different music for it, but I just couldn't get away from, you know, the vibe I was already in. But this tombs of burial thing, I was like that's there's op- there's well, some space there well that gets to the the next question because i always i like to ask every guest to do a self-critique because it is a it is kind of a first draft it was done in one week um i mean if you were to set forth uh, to revise this uh, what would be your strategy how would you go about doing it I, i'm happy with the mostly the images and uh the story that's being told there's a couple spots where i think the meter is a little bit clunky um, that I could have possibly taken out a couple syllables and things would smooth out. But the biggest thing to me would be looking for a little bit more interesting departure musically in the bridge. Um, it, Cause it really just mostly sounds like another verse. Mm-hmm. The meter's different. The chords are slightly different. Um, but yeah, something else in that bridge would be really interesting to play with. Um, and in this case, I just, I think it works. And I can certainly like build more around it production wise to make it stand up a little bit more on its own. But I th- I kind of have Jeff Tweedy's perspective, which is any song should be able to stand up with just a guitar and voice. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was fantastic, man. Thanks so much for for sharing this yeah thanks for the challenge it's the kind of like i would not have written this song yeah yeah in any other way uh or or context so um it makes me want to find what it how do i find those prompts (laughs) it's fearless oh the uh yeah the fearless songwriting uh you can go to timmyr.com if you want to, I mean, th- you know, th- most of those prompts I came up with on my own. I actually go to a, um, actually I go to a randomizer. You know, if you really just if you want to get the purest prompts possible, uh, just yeah. get completely random stuff. I I go to, uh, there's a site called randomwordgenerator.com. That's where I generate most of the prompts. Uh, they've got a variety of different types. You can do just random words, but uh, they also um, they have sort of a, a more section if you're looking at the menu it has more and it'll give you not just random words but it'll give you you know you can split it by verb or noun but there's also uh random sentence generators random phrases random paragraphs i i like the weird words that's where i get most of the weird words uh i also get a random photo from here uh they've got quotes they got questions facts it's it's a lot of random stuff oh this is cool yeah so, yeah i i find this to be really helpful uh for a lot of projects so so yeah yeah as is custom i i worked from the same prompt that uh that david chose 
and uh, I came up with my own tune, which didn't wor use the word physitheism, uh, either in the title or in the lyrics, because it's a tough word to say. But um, my tune is called Emerald Consecration. Yeah, this is Emerald Consecration by yours truly, David Coyle. It's my contribution to the uh, the prompt songs this week. Come in from the storm. We will shelter you while you're away from your Consecration by yours truly. It was my prompt song this week. 
And uh, before I get into it, is there anything that jumped out at you, uh, David, when you listen to this? Yeah. Well, the first, I mean, I guess I have a lot of production thoughts, oh, sure. <laughs> which I realize is not your thing, but um, it's okay. Bring it up. Uh, well, I'm just curious about the percussion. I love it. It's really simple. So I'm wondering how you did it. Oh, that was, uh, you know, I just with a, when I'm, re- I've been trying to record more with a metronome and, but I find that metronomes on their own. Suck. Just the, the, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I need a little bit more just a little more something. And so uh, I use GarageBand. I used GarageBand for this. And the um, they have a program called Drummer. And it allows you to choose. They, they, I, I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but they clearly got real percussionists and drummers to come in and set down and lay down some beats. But they've you're able to electronically choose which instruments you're going to use and or which, you know, which per- pieces of percussion. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I ended up picking just one of the, one of the settings and you can adjust it. You can adjust the, you know, what's the tempo you can, you know, pick what accents you want to, to use and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, this was one of the more, I, I used a simpler one, uh, and, and I used it to record it. And then I was, after I recorded it, I was like, oh, well, I kind of like it. So I'm going to stick it in the yeah. final recording. And uh, and then I got a little carried away with it, and I was up really late last night. That's it. It's just a feature they have in GarageBand. I think okay. uh, Logic also has it, um, or whatever the next level is for uh, Apple stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got Logic, but I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is really cool, David. I, I dig the same thing. It's I guess when you when we have a nature based prompt, it's like uh, the the images just flow. And so that's really happening here for me. I love that. And it's like, what's, you know, I, not even knowing the prompt, I think I would know we were talking about nymphs, spirits and sprites and, and all that um, before we got to that verse. Huh. So that's cool that it's like, you're um, painting around it, but it's becoming clear. And then I'm I'm interested by run now to your home when the darkness comes. What's ch- what's changed? It's like there's a shift. There there is a shift. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll admit that's something that I'm gonna have to work out in the revision because you're right. Oh it's no, like, I think it's great. I'm it, just curious what's what's happening. It's just getting your, or it, what happened in your thought I, process. I there. think it's uh, in my in my mind it was just as getting. It's like the the forest is a really cool place when there's light. And then when, you know, it gets dark, then, I mean, it can be scary as all get out. Now, I guess this is taking place during a storm, so it's probably not as light as it could be during the day, but it's still bright. You're going to see stuff. And and oftentimes, I think, you know, being in a forest uh, when it's raining is, I guess the, I don't know, I have a thing about the spotted mist. The idea is it kind of breaks up the rain and so it's not as bad as uh being out just completely in the rain but you're still getting wet but it's it's kind of a more mystical kind of way um but yeah the darkness was just i i think it's just the when darkness comes it's you don't want to be lost in the forest you don't want to be stuck out there and you worry about all the creepy crawlies coming out i guess um Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure about that uh there is a shift there and I, I I want to address it a little bit. This, this, this song, I'll tell you though, this was, um, when I got the prompt, I think, well, 
part of this was a reaction to the last couple episodes I've done. I felt like I really slacked off on the guitar. And mm -hmm. so I really wanted to focus on a guitar part. And 90% and of this was just sitting down working on that guitar part, which kicked my ass. I was, I was thinking about um, uh, Nick Drake. That mm -hmm. was the, the first thing that came to mind was uh, the river man by Nick Drake. Yeah, which is not doesn't have a guitar part like this, but uh, I was mimicking some other guitar parts by Nick Drake uh, that I felt that that seemed to me kind of something that you would play in the woods or something like that. Sure. And, and yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time just working on that guitar part, and 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 that kicked my ass. Uh, but it finally came together, and I kind of whipped up the lyrics uh, yesterday, and. Um, and they're not as I mean, it's good to hear that they're it's already evoking imagery before we get to the before we get to the fairies and and the and whatnot. So, you know, I looked at you know I was totally jealous of your lyric when you brought it up because I was thinking, wow, that is just so evocative from uh, you know from just a just a few words, and uh, I, I'd like to actually try to be a little bit more evocative. Um, mm in, in that vein. Uh, um, but I, but I was also thinking the other, the other thing I was thinking of was, um, was it like Eleanor Rigby, uh, mm. by the Beatles, you know, they have the, I look at all the lonely people and there's a, and I think there's a couple other Beatles songs where the Beatles are kind of talking to the audience. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking that's kind of what we're, we got the nature spirits are talking to the listener and yeah. I wanted it to kind of be like, kind of like the Beatles. The Beatles were gods, you oh. know, back in the day. And so, so this, these are the Beatles of the forest in a way. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was, that's what I was thinking there. Um, yeah. Well, this, this kind of raises a, this might be a, a good topic for us. This is something I've been thinking about more lately in my songwriting is the idea of making a little more space for interpretation i have several songs that are just like here's exactly what this is about sure <laughs> you know um and i th i think i got away from that uh, effectively in in my challenge song this week and and i think there's some value in in not necessarily rushing to clarify the shift for you here mm. at the end of this um you know i and i wonder what you think about that generally it's just one of my favorite topics in songwriting. I, one of an example that I think is probably relatable to many listeners would be like Gregory Allen Isakov. He's a great Colorado songwriter. And I feel like I listen to his songs and I know exactly what it's about. And I also have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think there are songs that are good to be, I, I, you know, I do, there are different types of songs, you know, some, some are good for being really straightforward, but, but, uh, I'm 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 totally down with obscurity. I think it's great and and you know I think it makes for more interesting conversations with audience members certainly when you get their interpretations. Um of course of course there's, there's always that song you write and you think is perfectly understandable and then somebody comes up with their own wild interpretation you're like wow never would have thought of that. But I, yeah. I think there's something to be said for um you know, the singer-songwriter community is a very wordy community and they they tend to, you know, put a lot of description into mm -hmm. things and and I think there's a lot to be said for fewer words that are just just evocative. They just sort of just enough to spark that image and just enough to get 
other, you know, the, the imagination going and let the music kind of create subtext and, 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 you know, oftentimes, you know, good contrast and just, and just a, a layer and a richness to it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I, I think it's it's wonderful to to build a mysterious song, you know, something that's not immediately doesn't immediately reveal itself to you. Yeah, but there, yeah. you know, there's also plenty to hang on to here. I, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting um, tension to hold, and I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think your mention of the the community specifically is its own filter. I think about that with what am I going to enter in this song competition? You know, what do you want to hear at Kerrville or whatever? Exactly. Um, And I don't necessarily love that. That's even an impulse in my like critical thought around creative stuff is what are these people going to want? And I think there is a tendency in, you know, the songwriting centered community towards, I don't know, a really clever turn a phrase or like perfect structure or something, which there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But I think sometimes we lose the general listener <laughs> in the process. Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely, um, well, I, it's a genre, right? I mean, yeah. it's uh, that, that, that type of literateness that, um, I mean, a lot of pop songs, you listen to the lyrics and like, they don't, they don't make a lick of sense, right? They maybe have, <laughs> I love you in it or something. And, and it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but what's this other stuff mean? I have no idea. Totally. But they're so damn catchy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just so catchy, and and people build their own interpretations. And I, d- I, this is the thing for me. A lot of my favorite songs from a, you know, following the the structure, the official, you know, what you're supposed to do with songwriting, they break all sorts of rules. And yeah. I love them for their flaws. I love them for the, and I don't know if it's just that. I got hooked by the one thing, which was maybe, you know, maybe it was a rhythmic hook or a melodic hook. And I just sort of forgave it, you know, for the lyrical stuff. Or, you know, sometimes you you hear like, I'm trying to think of like, uh, you know, uh, Mick Jagger singing Angie. You know, it's like, Angie, Angie. It's just a weird way. He changes the, the it just sounds different or, or something. And, and it's yeah. like that's 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 fascinating and that's the hook in and of itself is that that violation of the rules and i think that's the power of holding the tension between i guess the the form in the genre or whatever and trying to do something new with it if if you're really effective and Greg Geisikov's another is again a great example of this. He also won all those competitions with these songs mm. that are that break lots of the rules. Yeah. Um, not that he's. I mean, he's one of my favorites. Not that he's perfect, but yeah, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. examples like that all over the place. So, well, it may be something to you know, like you were saying, you you do these competitions and you do try to guess what they're gonna like and and. Maybe that's the exact wrong strategy. Maybe it is that you should put in something that, uh, you know, it's just what the audience likes that they've heard they think is really great, or you you just put in the one that you really really love. And because I'll admit, I try to guess, and I, I I haven't I haven't won the competitions myself. So if I knew what worked, I would have won by now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> or at least gotten in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we both got some. Uh, cool songs to go with this prompt i i think this was a really generous prompt i think it it gave a lot to work with so yeah i love it 
So good choice, man. Good choice. You you, you picked the right thing. Thanks. Um. All right. Well. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot. I got to do my own uh, self critique. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, I think I mentioned already that I would probably like to be a little bit more poetic, uh, and and a lot of that's fine tuning. I like the the perspective aspect. Um, I was worried about the uh, the shift from you know to running away after being so welcome, but I, I like your your words. You know, you, maybe it's not that that big a deal. Uh, oh, <laughs> the one thing that really gets me, I, I guess, civilization. I put that in there, and I thought that was a. Uh, it's the right word, but it's kind of like one syllable too much. I, I wish it was one syllable less. Mm. And then uh, refor or forestation and restoration. I'm thinking the order of that could be returned or, or, or turned around or or just different words. Uh, forestation was one that I didn't want to put in there. Mm. Uh, but some of the other options I was looking at didn't feel quite right. So I'm, that's a spot that I'm a little bit unsure about dryadic scene dryadic i don't think is a real word but dryad is the spirit of the wood in the most literal sense uh it's a word if you want it to be yeah it's a yeah coin a new word um but uh scene not sure about that elemental dream i kind of like that you know there's that midsummer's night stream i was thinking about maybe taking a look at that and seeing if i could steal something from shakespeare mm. yeah He's a bit of a hack, but you know, sometimes he's got some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I think I'm going to change the. Um, I, I I'm thinking about changing that last chorus because it has you. Because the way it leads into it is, uh, you can come and play. You may wish to please ex that please in there is please accept our invitation. The please probably doesn't work. So I was thinking maybe changing it to. Like please reissue that invitation or something. So it might be from the perspective of the the protagonist or the uh, uh, in this. Sides. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm not sure. I'll have to figure out the wording of it. But those are those are kind of what I'm looking at. I I like the I, I like the music, you know, as it is. I think it actually structurally it came out pretty well. So it's really the lyrics. I think I'll need a lot of work. So. uh well a lot may i don't know if i agree with a lot but yeah well, uh, it's, the, it's yeah. fun to keep revising and i think it's interesting you're calling out those rhymes at the end of the chorus too because i think they work but i understand the the uh desire to look for other options and it's just it's an example of a time and rightly in this case when we get like stuck with a, a sound because you can't get rid of emerald consecration that's the whole thing yeah you know? <laughs> yeah i mean i wanted to fit rejuvenation in there but it was just hard to sing because there's there's a lot of syllables right there sort of like civilization i uh, but restoration's good forestation i feel like is maybe too on the nose that's why i'm i'm hesitant about that mm. yeah anyway all right well folks um we have now come to that portion of the show where David gets to promote anything he wants. What 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 you got to plug there, Dave? Yeah, so uh, we've talked a lot about my record that came out last year. So it feels like ancient history, especially in the you know rhythm of Spotify algorithms and all that at this point. But um, I'm going to re-release as a deluxe package with new acoustic versions of most of the songs, a couple brand new songs, including I think one about 
uh, my friend who passed, but not the one we discussed, <laughs> uh, one of the bummers actually. Um, and, um, some acoustic demos, etc. So it'll be a nice deluxe package of that record. It'll come out later this year. And that's and state that, to state. That, that's the album's called state to state. Correct. So it'll okay. be state to state deluxe re-release. Um, and with that, I'm going to have hopefully a video like once a month. I've got lots of content nice. queued up for that. And, um, a run of shows. It's funny to call it that. Cause it's like two, maybe three going through Laramie into Fort Collins and then down to Denver on May 22nd. We'll be at Lost City uh, with the full band. And I think I might just call that the release show because we never really got to have one last year. So um, those are the things on the horizon. Folks can look me up on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I'm most active with promotion. But then um, my website has all the info for a mailing list and concert calendar and all that good stuff all right all right and that's uh david birchfield.com is that correct uh david birchfield music david uh david birchfield music.com so all right well david hey it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning you too thanks for having me david you betcha all right folks so that's uh that's it for the show this week if you have any questions for me or about any of my guests, drop me an email at rawsongwriting at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please consider donating to the program via Venmo at Dave Coyle or paypal.me slash Dave Coyle. In the meantime, keep your songwriting raw and riveting. shelter you while you're away from your